Welcome back to Sin Student Ministries Anchored Podcast. Today we're in Hebrews chapter 3. It reads, Therefore, holy brothers, you who share in a heavenly calling, consider Jesus, the apostle and high priest of our confession, who is faithful to him who appointed him, just as Moses also was faithful in all God's house. For Jesus had been counted worthy of more glory than Moses, as much more glory as the builder of the house has more honor than the house itself. For every house is built by someone, but the builder of all things is God. Now Moses was faithful in all God's house as a servant to testify to the things that were to be spoken later. But Christ is faithful over God's house as a son, and we are his house, if indeed we hold fast our confidence and our boasting in our hope. Therefore, as the Holy Spirit says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion, on the day of testing in the wilderness, where your fathers put me to the test, and saw my works for forty years." Therefore I was provoked with that generation, and said, They always go astray in their heart. They have not known my ways. As I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. Take care, brothers, lest there be in any of you an evil, unbelieving heart, leading you to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another every day, as long as it is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. For we have come to share in Christ, if indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end. As it is said, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts, as in the rebellion. For who were those who were heard and yet rebelled? Was it not all those who left Egypt led by Moses? And with whom was he provoked for forty years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose bodies fell on the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest, but to those who were disobedient? So we see that they were unable to enter because of unbelief. As we jump in here to chapter 3, we begin the comparison game here in the book of Hebrews. We're going to start to see how the author compares certain things from the Jewish religion to what has been revealed to be God's greater plan with his new covenant. Now, as we look at these, I want us to remember and I want us to understand from the start that these comparisons might seem obvious to us. As people who have focused our teaching here on the New Testament, we are focusing on people like Jesus most of the time. We're focusing on the realities of what Jesus is doing. We have not lived under the Old Testament law. We have not lived under the situation that these people had lived under for thousands of years. And so as we think about that, it's important for us to understand from the start that this is a legitimate struggle for some people. And it's a legitimate struggle for them because they have the traditions and they have the teachings of the Old Testament telling them to live and to act and to think in a certain way. And without the lenses being refocused to the new reality of what God is desiring his people to do, it's very difficult for them to see the right way to live and to act under what has now been revealed to them. And so this struggle is a real struggle for these people. Specifically here, we see the comparison of Jesus and Moses. And now it might seem obvious to say, yeah, clearly Jesus is the bigger thing. Clearly Jesus is the one we're supposed to focus on. But let's not forget that Moses was one of the most significant people of the Old Testament. In fact, we call the law that God gave to his people at that time the law of Moses. Moses was a significant leader for the nation, leading them for so many years out of Egypt into the wilderness to allow them to have the covenant established with them between them and God. And Moses was so significant that they even thought that they would fight over his bones when he died. 
So Moses was a pillar of the Old Testament in the Jewish faith. But here the author of Hebrews displays to us the fact that Moses was not and is not the most important person in God's scheme of building his people. And most notably because Jesus is a builder of that house along with God. Jesus was there from the beginning, and he has been faithful to do what God has asked him to do. Now, certainly Moses has many things, many merits. He doesn't want to take those away. He doesn't want to take away the way in which Moses pointed God's people to him and allowed them to see the significance of what was going on. But when we look at the rest of the chapter and what it talks about, we see how even Moses was unable to give the rest to the people that they desired because of the hardness of their hearts, because of their rebellion, because they still did not have their sins atoned for. And so Moses, yes, is a great person. He is a significant prophet of God. He was used by God in mighty ways, and he was actually able to do many miracles to authenticate him as a messenger from God. But Moses is inferior to Jesus. And the people that the author of Hebrews is writing to need to understand that Moses was not the one and is not the one that they are to continue to follow. But that is Jesus in the way in which God has revealed himself through Jesus tells them how to live and pattern their lives in the way that God desires them to do. And so as we walk through that today, as we think about that reality for these people, it might be difficult for us to place ourselves in a situation where we would say, yeah, you know what, I want to go back and I want to follow the law of Moses. I want to look at those different things that are going on there. I want for me to be able to live the way that I've lived. And that's what the people that the author is writing to are struggling with is I've had this reality in my life, a pattern that I've lived after, and I want to continue to do that because I think that's how God wants me to live. And so these people are really wrestling with that in the same way that many people today are often tempted to revert back to their pre-Christ understanding of what they're trying to do in their life. While those gospel seeds are slowly maturing and growth is taking place, while there's transformation of the heart that continues daily, it is often very much a struggle not to revert back to the sinful old lifestyle that we've had. And so while it would be unwise to really call the Old Testament believers who are seeking that out a sinful lifestyle— It is a similar danger to revert back to a pre-Christ focus of what God is desiring for us to do. And so as we reflect on this today, while we might not be in the same situation as the people that the author of Hebrews is writing to, we are in a situation where we might be guilty of doing what the rest of this chapter tells us about, that we would harden our hearts to the things that God is doing in our midst, and that we would be unwilling to follow him. And so doing so would lead us to desire to go back to our old lifestyle. And if we look at this situation that he talks about here, the rest for the people and what takes place in the rebellion in the wilderness, they say, let us go back to our slavery in Egypt. Let us go back to where we were, because that was a better life. In no way was that a better life. Just this in no way for us as we are struggling or working through the hardships of giving our life to the Lord and working through the disciplines that that takes. While it could be hard, in no way would it be better for us to forsake that and return to the sinful lifestyles that we had before. 
And so as we reflect on that today, may we hear and heed the warning of chapter 3 of Hebrews that we would not harden our hearts to the things that God is doing in our midst, but instead would continually allow the gospel to take root in our life and to cultivate in us the life that God desires us to have as the men and women he will use for his mission. As far as a question for today, let's look at what is the passage that this is focused on here, and where is that coming from? I do that because this passage is actually going to be repeated three times. We have it here at the first part in verse 7. We see again there in verse 15. We're going to see again in chapter 4 that this concept of today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts as in the rebellion. And so that comes from Psalm 95, and when we look at that psalm and the understanding of what it's teaching, it's talking about the sense of a need to respond to the way in which God has revealed himself to you. We see that really come out here in verse 13, but exhort one another every day, as long as it's called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. And so it gives us a sense of the urgency of responding to God when we have the opportunity to do that. And so when we look at Psalm 95 and we think about what it's teaching and when we look at what happened there for the nation of Israel and what's being warned here for the book of Hebrews is that there's an opportunity to respond to God and then there is a period of judgment. And so there is going to be a close to that opportunity for everyone. But as long as it is today, and as long as we're not experiencing that judgment and the final judgment, ultimately, we still have an ability to respond to God. And so that's important for us to understand. It's an important warning that's given here. And it's so important that the author is repeating this and drawing their attention back to the nation of Israel and what took place. And that's a significant thing for him to do because his audience, whom he's writing to, they would have understood the seriousness of the rebellion in the wilderness, the way in which God handled that, the way in which God brought judgment upon those who were there, including Moses. And if God is willing to bring judgment to Moses for the rebellion that took place in the wilderness and not allowing him to enter the promised land, it's a picture of God not allowing others to enter the true eternal rest who do not respond. And so the call of the heat is, are we willing to respond to the way in which God is revealing himself to us in our lives? Are we softened to the gospel? Are we hearing his voice? Or are we stiff-necked in living in rebellion? Psalm 95 displays that for us. And, And looking back at that helps us to understand a greater sense of what the author of Hebrews is trying to communicate to his listeners and to us today about the importance of responding to God. And so as you look into this passage, as you study different places, I pray that you would have questions that are coming into your mind that you seek to answer about what God is displaying to you and how God is revealing himself to you, how he's displaying his character, his attributes, how he's calling you to a life of obedience, that you would share that with others so they can walk in community with you and help you be molded and shaped into the man or woman God desires you to be. As you do that today, know you are loved. You're-